0: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Unleashed. It's me, Dave McMahon. Glad you could be here with us. We're broadcasting live on 4680q.ca and 4680q.com, and we are in downtown Niagara Falls, and this is my 40th episode of Unleashed, where I get to spread my wings and talk more about dogs and interesting people and really there's no topic that's off limits so that's what's fun for me is that i can always learn new things uh, based on the information and uh, the enlightenment that each guest brings to the show i'd like to send a shout out to moody's bakery downtown niagara falls on queen street uh they do a phenomenal job baking their fresh buns and uh bread and all of their baked goods so a big shout out to moody's bakery if you've never been uh give them a shot because it's it's just wonderful they've got great prices and huge selection of uh, of product, and I think you'll be hooked on it once you go there once. I think you'll really enjoy it. Also, like to acknowledge my sponsor, um, Mr. Barry Blanchard, owner of Niagara Mobile Rust Proofing. Thank you for making the podcast possible. Also, want to remind the listeners that uh, although we do a live show, this show will be podcasted and it will be available on all the international podcast platforms. Uh, generally within forty-eight hours of the live broadcast. So if you ever miss a live, a live episode, you can always just go on uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, etc., etc., and just put in "Unleashed with Dave McMahon." For those that don't know me, I'm the owner of Dave McMahon's Dog Training Academy in the city of Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada, and I've been coaching dog owners on how to train their dogs for the past thirty-six years. I've written a book called Don't Get Bit. It's a dog bite prevention book for children teaching kids how to stay safe around dogs. My website is davemcman.ca. I'm very excited about my guest that's joining me uh, in the studio live on air right now, Julie A. Christensen. She's a registered psychotherapist, she is the author of several books. Julie specializes in anger resolution. She also operates a very thriving practice in the Garden City of St. Catharines for the past 16 years, and I wanted her to come on today to talk to us about anger, and if we have time, stress, anxiety, I don't know, maybe they're all intertwined, we're going to find out, and maybe she'll give us some stress uh, tips that we can, uh, we can certainly benefit from that. So uh, Julie, welcome to my Unleashed podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come down and join us. You know, I I thought we would uh, start with uh, discussing uh, anger, as I think it is so important. There's a lot of angry people out there, a lot of road rage, a lot of anger in the workforce and in the family dynamics, a lot of anger. Uh, My first question to you is, uh, is anger a learned behavior?
1: so this is a trick question <laughs> and I'm so glad that you asked it because anger is not behavior at all okay it is not Okay. Good. This, is, this is the big misconception that people have and that's why anger management has been an industry for the last 50 or 60 years because someone uh, equated angry feelings with angry behaviors and they're not the same Anger is a basic emotion, something that we're all born with. We all experience it the same way we experience happiness, sadness, fear, disgust, contempt. Anger is a natural emotion. It's a natural state. It exists for a reason. The same way that happiness shows up in certain circumstances, fear exists for a reason, right? To keep you safe. Right. So, like, if you're, you know, if you're wandering through (coughs) the Arctic tundra and you see a grizzly you should be afraid right, right. normal response okay. i normal guess normal response <laughs> you should be afraid if you're not you are either lacking that mechanism in the brain or you're stupid <laughs> <laughs> Do you i love that's what i love about you tell it like it is <laughs> but that's the reality like if if i am in a situation that is dangerous i should have a modicum of fear because that fear exists to encourage me to do things that will keep me safe right right so likewise anger exists to point out when there are problems in your life and there's action that you should take to solve the problem but because we've equated anger with behavior what we do instead is we say i need to i need you to stop doing what you're doing and then the problem never gets solved you stay angry longer because
0: that person has suppressed the individual by saying stop
1: right. or you have right You've if, if you're if you're feeling angry and you say well I need to take a deep breath and count to 10 I need to walk away I need to go to the gym and beat the heavy bag that's all great right that's all terrific but you haven't solved the problem so you can go to the gym and beat the heavy bag until your knuckles are sore and go home and sleep well because you're exhausted. But when you wake up the next day, you'll still be mad because the problem will still be there. Yeah, and your hand will be
0: sore from hitting the exactly. bag.
1: <laughs> I know a guy, just as an aside, I know a guy <sighs> who p- was trying to quit smoking and he was struggling with quitting smoking. And so in a fit of rage, he punched a brick wall and broke all the bones in his hand so that he wouldn't be able to hold a cigarette. I'm like, wow. why? Dude, you're still addicted. <laughs> you have a left hand. You yeah. know, like <laughs> you'll find another way to <laughs> it, feed. It didn't help. Yeah, like yeah. he was angry and he was like, Ugh, this is but it didn't solve the problem. You know? So when people ask me, you know, about, about aggression and violence and all these sorts of things, I'm like, they're not the same. Anger is over here, aggression is over there. Aggression is a choice. Anger is how you feel.
0: Different categories, different exactly. meanings. Exactly. Different concepts, different tiers. Yes. All right. Yeah. So, growing up, um, I saw my mother being angry often. We always try and silence our phone before, don't we? Yes. I saw my mother be uh, angry often. Uh, probably due to environmental circumstances in her life. Uh, We didn't have much money. She was a single parent raising me. And uh, I would see her angry, like I say, often, frequently, right? So that's why I was wondering, you know, is this a learned behavior? Am I just copying this and is it just coming out? You know, because I, I truly feel myself... Uh, being angry you know at least once a day sure you know and yeah. and so should i seek counseling immediately or is this
1: normal <laughs> this is normal i mean okay every Ooh. day every single day if like if something doesn't happen in a 24-hour span that irritates you frustrates you disappoints you aggravates you or just plain out makes you mad you are living a charmed life right right if just just think about this coming to the studio this morning what if you got behind someone who was driving 20 kilometers an hour and it was impossible for you to pass
0: yeah that would piss me off
1: absolutely you would immediately start to get frustrated and angry so what's the solution you either ram the person off the road you do an illegal pass or you take a different route that's how you solve the problem once you've solved the problem the anger will take care of itself but if you sit behind that person the whole time, ranting and raving. and You build, laughing, you
0: build up like a pressure yes, exactly. cooker. Exactly.
1: Why are you on this road? Why are you driving so slow? You're honking the horn. You're doing all these things. That person is probably going to be like, oh, was I bugging you at 20 kph? Let me go down to 10 kph and see how you like that. Because now you're interfering with their piece, right? Right. And so it just creates more problems. But if you just go, okay, my issue is that I need to get to work on time. Is there an alternate route that I can take that will take me out of the path of this craziness? Then you do that, problem solved.
0: Sometimes we're not, it seems that we're not innately wired to think that way, or maybe some people are more inclined to
1: think that way than other folks. Yeah, I think it's because we just were never taught that, right? Like, we, we were not taught that anger is something that you feel. The behavior is something that you do. think about when we're little kids, when we acted out, what did we get? We got, you know, well, in my day, it was a spanking. Or it was go to your room, go think about what you did. Okay, so now I'm going to think about what I did. But I'm not going to think about what I could have done differently because no one told me I should do that. I'm not going to think about how I could have solved my problem because nobody told me to do that. They told me to go sit in a room, Actually, when I was a little kid, it was you stood in a corner, right? Yeah. You stood with your nose in the corner. Oh, yeah. And if I was really, really bad, I had to hold one ankle with one hand and hold my ear with the other. And then I'd have to stand in the corner like that until my parents said, "Okay, you can get down. So I'm not even thinking about what I did. I'm just trying to keep my balance.
0: And does pro, I mean, not to, to kind of cut you off here. To me, that's like mild, prolonged agony to have someone, you know, stand in the corner or balance on one foot or anything. Um, is that an effective uh, form of correction or punishment? <laughs>
1: Not at all. No, I no. Mean, yeah. it, you know, it, but it, you're just sharing. Let me, let me yeah, say you're this. sharing. Yeah. I think it depends on the temperament of the child. Yeah. Because I was the type of child that I was very mischievous and I was a very independent thinker. And I was always looking for ways to solve my problems. The issue was that (laughs) the problems I thought I had when I was five or six were really not problems. And my solutions were, they were inappropriate. You know, at six, I wanted to have boobs. Really? So I fixed that by stuffing Kleenex into my dress on a Sunday morning before going to church. I kind of got a whipping for that because no. <laughs> yeah, that was no. frowned. That was frowned right? upon. I also had this habit. All my secrets are coming Man. out on this podcast. I hope so. I also had this habit where I used to play with my navel. okay? So like some kids suck their thumbs or do whatever. I like to play with my belly button. It was an outsie and I like to play with it. Oh, you have an outsie okay. Well, I don't anymore, but I did you back had it then corrected. When I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it was the 70s and we had maxi dresses. Well, that's inconvenient. So I cut holes in the maxi so I wouldn't have to lift the dress up to get to my navel. I got a whipping for that too, you know?
0: <laughs> so wow, like, that's a real obsessive compulsive
1: I was, I was a brat.
0: disorder, right? to, And so you would do this frequently?
1: I would do these things and I would cut the hair off my dolls because I figured it would grow back. Like I was yeah. just, I was one of those kids, right? Yeah, test the boundaries. And so, but, but the other side of me was that I really wanted to make people happy. So if I got punished enough, I would be like, okay, I just won't do that anymore. But not all children have that temperament. Some children have the temperament that I don't care what you say, I'm going to do it anyway. Right? So you can stick that kid in the corner all day long and the next day they're just going to go back to doing whatever they were doing the day before. Yeah. Because you're you're not actually addressing the problem that caused <clears throat> the child to act out in the first place, nor are you teaching them how to solve problems effectively all you're doing is trying to control behavior. And what happens is that kids start to equate their feelings with their behavior. So if a kid acts out and the parent says, stop it, stop that right now. What is the kid here? Because kids aren't abstract thinkers, right? They're concrete thinkers. Yeah. They're trying to communicate that they need something. And the parent is saying, stop it. So number one, my needs aren't important. That's the first lesson the kid's going to learn. The second lesson that the kid's going to learn is that how I feel and what I do are the same thing. And that's why we have anger management. (laughs) Right? Because (laughs) we are trying to control what people do by telling them how to feel. And you can't. How you feel is how you feel. That's it. But you have to see what is this feeling trying to tell me? What problem is presenting itself that's generating this feeling. How do I solve that problem? If I solve that problem, my feeling will resolve itself.
0: Where is the normal point, like where is the cutoff where one has to say, Okay, I'm I'm getting angry too frequently, my emotions of of anger are happening too frequently? Like
1: So in, in psycho psycho speak, psychological speak, we call this disorders of emotional regulation. OK, so if you find that your emotional states are difficult to regulate, that's that's a whole other thing. What that means is that either you haven't learned how to really identify, acknowledge and accept your feelings and then do what's appropriate to either address the feeling or resolve the feeling. Or perhaps you've been through trauma. You've got PTSD you know like there are all sorts yeah, of reasons yeah, why a, people big, might have dysregulated emotions it's a
0: big world yeah it's yeah. a big field so are there different levels of of anger i mean are there different categories of of anger what what can you tell us more about anger itself
1: yeah some people would say that there are you know i've heard i've heard people Um, self-proclaimed gurus on social media saying there are seven types of anger i i'm not going to say that what i will say is that anger like every other emotion runs on a continuum so if you think about happiness we're not always happy we're not always joyful we're not always ecstatic but all of those are levels if you will of happiness right right so some days you're just okay some days you're actually feeling pretty good. Some days you're excited. Some days you are thrilled. You know, you win the 649 and now you have 44 million dollars to your name. You're in ecstasy, right? No, like you, yeah. you can't you can't just say, "Oh yeah, that was pretty cool." Like that's an inappropriate response to winning 44 million dollars. <laughs> Right? yeah. Like, you win $44 million, you're going to start dancing around, you're going to run out into the street, you're going to be hooping and hollering, you're going to call everybody you know. Oh my God! Right? You're going to be over the top.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to do heel clicks.
1: Exactly. We don't live every day in over the top. We live every day in, in, you know, some measure of, yeah, I'm good.
0: I want to. I want to be that happy every day. I would
1: love to be that happy every day. Uh, But the reality is that we're not. And likewise, if you experience fear... You know, the fear of being in a bank when it's getting robbed is different from the fear that you experience walking down a dark street that's deserted. It's not quite the same, right? There, There is anxiety, there's nervousness, there's fear, there's terror, there's horror, petrified, right? There are all these different words. Every single word that we use to describe our fear is is demonstrating the intensity of that emotion. So anger is the same. I might be ticked. I might be annoyed. I might be irritated. I might be frustrated. I might be angry. I might be mad. I might be livid. I might be rageful. Right. I might be furious. Yeah. But every every word that we use indicates a different measure of intensity of how deeply I'm feeling that emotion. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't say that there are levels of anger, but I would say there are different intensities of experience when you, you know when you have that emotion, and the the degree to how intense the emotion is at any time is indicative of how serious the problem is, right? Right. Like when I'm traveling, this actually happened to me. It's happened to me more than once. Um, but I was, I was in the Sioux and I had flown in. Sioux St. Marie. St. Marie. Yep. Right. Love Sioux St. Marie. And I was, I had flown in, I was staying at a hotel. I was tired. Um, I had just gotten over COVID a couple of months before, so I was still kind of like dragging. I get to my hotel and I go to check in and my credit card won't work. Ooh, off to a great start. Right. No. <laughs> so I'm like... Okay, fortunately, you know, my my current account was good. It was in the black. So I paid with debit to get into my room. And I called the bank and they said, Yeah, I think your card is just old. It doesn't want to work anymore. I'm like, that is unacceptable. Yeah. Okay. That's just unacceptable. Yeah. I was very kind. I was I was upset. So yeah. That's, that's something the bank the bank induced this. Yes. I wasn't livid. I wasn't you know I wasn't furious. But you were but perturbed. I was upset. Yeah. You were a little. And pissed. I said to her, look, I know that this isn't your fault. Yeah. So, so now we're in problem solving mode, right? I said, I know this isn't your fault, but I am eight hours away from my home, and I'm on a business trip. And I need to be able to effectively run my business while I am eight hours away from home. Yeah. <laughs> so what can you do for me? Yeah. Right? Exactly. Because at the end of the day, me going off on her and telling her how much the bank sucks and, you know, doing all those things would not help me solve the immediate problem. No. Which was, I need access to funds. No, this staff member was not the decision maker. Exactly exactly now I have had other situations I remember years ago when I was traveling on the road as a public speaker and I had I was on like I think the last day of a run and I was in Caledon and I went to put gas in my car so the whole run had been sort of like a gong show the the credit card company had charged me twice for the same night for two hotels I'm like how did you manage to do that so they were like siphoning money out of my card basically and so I went to buy gas and there was no gas. Uh, there was no uh, credit left on my card. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. Cause I still have to check into a hotel. Yeah. I have no <clears throat> left. So again, I paid out of my personal account to cover the gas. And, and um, when I got to the hotel, I couldn't even go inside. So I sat in the car and called the credit card company and I was on there with them for, I don't know how long. And, uh, they, insisted that they couldn't help me and that the problems with the card weren't theirs and whatever and so finally I said can I speak to a manager so they put the manager on and I said "Um, I just want to make sure that this call is being recorded and he said yes ma'am it's being recorded for quality control and I said okay so for the record and I'm keeping my voice right here Okay, like I'm not screaming I'm not swearing (laughs) I'm just keeping my voice right here and I said I'm on a business trip I have to get up tomorrow morning and speak to an audience of a couple of hundred people. And if I have to sleep in my car tonight, there will be hell to pay. Yeah. And I kept it right there. Yeah. And, and that is, guy yeah. moved fast. <laughs> he moved fast. He was like, okay, ma'am, we're going to open up some credit on your card. We're going to do And I was like, thank you very much. Thank you very kindly. Because I needed my problem solved. Right? What I didn't need was to prove how superior I was to them or, or anything like that. Because the problem was I needed a place to sleep and I needed the funds to pay for that place to sleep. Yeah. That was the problem. Once I got in there and I, you know, I was able to get checked in and everything was okay. I called the bank or not the bank, but the credit card company again. And I said, Hey guys, this happens a lot and we need to fix it. We need to get this sorted out. So what's the mechanism that I can use to escalate a complaint up the chain? Because I know that you're not in control. How do I escalate up the chain so that I can get this problem solved so it doesn't keep happening again? Yeah. And they gave me some information. I followed through on that. In the end, I paid off the card and and trashed trashed it because they weren't going to fix it for me. But at least I had a path to solving the problem, right? Which yes. Which eliminated the additional anxiety that comes from wondering, okay, now when I go to the next hotel, are they going to tell me it's declined again? Or, you know.
0: Now, let me ask you this, Julie. With your formal education as a psychotherapist, I'm assuming that would be the majority of the how to, you know, deal with anger, right? Or is it just life? combined uh, with um, formal education, because I'm assuming you have a good hold on your anger emotion or a good <laughs> problem-solving, you know.
1: You know <laughs> is, what they say about assumptions, Dave.
0: <laughs> is, is it an ongoing, yeah, you assume, yeah, I know. Somebody broke that down for me before. So so it's an ongoing uh, work. It's ongoing work. It is. To, it's ongoing work. To I mean, control your anger. Yes,
1: I and I wouldn't say that it's about controlling it. Okay. Right, Because we control behavior. Right. We don't control how we feel.
0: Okay, so not to control it, but how to
1: deal? How, how to resolve it, uh-huh. how to express it. Right? right. Because again, remember, I, I need to solve this problem. So I need to learn how to communicate well so that I can get the problem solved. Yes. Right? So it's really, you know, one of the things that I say all the time is that every problem is at its heart a relationship problem. My, my problems with the bank... Our relationship problem the bank doesn't listen okay. right they don't listen you're just a they're number They're not paying attention right you know they're not paying attention when I say I need these things to run my business more effectively they go oh well that's nice but we can't do that for you right right so that's a relationship problem um, so either I continue to try and mend the relationship with my bank or I switch banks
0: yeah Right? Another financial institution may accommodate that's, that's you. That's how
1: it goes. If you go to a grocery store and you get terrible service, you're not going to stop buying groceries because you still need food. The problem is I need food, but I also want to be treated with respect. So I'm going to go shopping somewhere else where people treat me respectfully. Right. And they'll get my money. Right. Problem solved.
0: Have you ever had to do that? Switch grocery stores? <laughs> no. Okay, no. No. It's but that hypothetical. But yes. Hypothetical. Yeah. Just, you know, I get you. A I get you. It's but great. The,
1: the idea is that I am constantly, even though I wrote the book yes. on it, and the Anger Solutions program is a program that I developed in my early years as a therapist, I still, every now and again, go off my nuts.
0: Because people aren't perfect,
1: is that why? Because people aren't perfect, and neither am I. Right. I I have flaws, and I also have triggers. So people, if people push my buttons in the right order <laughs> under the right circumstances, <laughs> look, you out. know, it turns into a, into a, a fafo. I'm not going to say it on online, but if you know, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. going to be
1: a fafo moment, right? Like, yeah, yeah. If if you test me. I just might go off. It doesn't happen often. But what I what I do notice that happens now, because I know, like I'm good, I, I tell people this all the time, I'm good with words. I'm an author, right? I've written 15 books. I, I'm good with words. And I know that if you get me to the point where I lose my mind, I will shred you to bits. <laughs> I know that. So when I get that yeah. angry, I stop talking. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's a commitment I've made to myself. Halt! Right? Yeah. halt. Stop talking. Because if I, if I open my mouth right now, I won't be able to take it back. Yes. I will ruin my own reputation. Yes. And I might irrevocably irrevocably damage someone's psyche. And I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be that person. So, over the last, I would say, over the last five years, I think I've mastered this. (laughs) That... When people are pushing, and they've done it in the last couple of years, they've pushed and pushed and pushed, and they've tried everything in their power to make me go off so that I look like the bad guy, I just stop talking. That's it. That's it. I walk away. You move into a safe zone? Yes, for myself and for them. There is one situation (laughs) in particular I remember uh, at one of the places that we used to rent for the practice... And this was a neighbor in the building. She had the suite across from us. And she did so much shady stuff to try and make us uncomfortable and miserable there. And the day that she kind of, you know, hit the tipping point, I, I literally like when I get mad, I can feel the heat kind of rising up into my face. <laughs> oh. That is a bad sign. Okay. You know those cartoons where you see smoke coming out of people's ears? Like I literally my glasses fog up. Because there's so much heat coming out of me. So it's coming out of your tear (laughs) ducks. When I'm there, you do not want to mess with me. So I I literally I just I corrected the situation silently in the moment and I packed up my stuff and I went home. I went for a walk with a neighbor and I spilled everything and we I just hashed it out with her. And by the end of it all, I felt calmer because I had talked it through with someone that I trusted. And I went to work the next day and I pulled my team together and I said, here's what we're going to do moving forward. We are going to kill this woman with kindness. We will not allow her to turn us into people we don't like. Right? We're just not going to allow that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We great great strategy.
1: Kill her with kindness every day. Hi, how are you? How was your weekend? Oh my gosh, I love your outfit. Okay, hey, I'm, I'm glad that we're on radio so people can't see my facial expressions, but people who know me, well, you know what my face is doing right yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. you know, but it was like, Hey, how's it going? Yeah, How are yeah. you? Oh, I'm so, you know, you're busy today. That's great. Did right? you
0: ever bring your donuts?
1: <laughs> no. Okay. Sometimes, actually, sometimes that we did get her pastries more so yeah. for the secretary than for her yeah it's yeah. like here you go yeah but
0: super uh, positive super we happy were
1: so kind to her within a couple of months of us switching our tactics she moved out
0: wow because she couldn't accomplish what she thought she could perhaps yep.
1: i am not making these people miserable I'm not accomplishing my goals i don't want to be here anymore i don't like them but they apparently like me a lot and that's unacceptable i'm leaving
0: it's and crazy was out. There's a lot of crazy-ass people out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not.
0: (laughs) <laughs> so in your practice in, in the Garden City of St. Catharines, that you've, uh, it's a thriving practice. Yes. Uh, you're very renowned at what you do for the past 16 plus years. And uh, you come highly recommended by, uh, by your uh, clients. And that's what I was going to ask you. Do, you. do you refer to your people that seek your
1: services as clients or patients? They are clients. They are clients. Yes, we, we do not embrace the medical model. Okay, so so you're not a patient. So you're not a patient, yeah. So they're clients.
0: And is there group anger management classes, or is it done through
1: private coaching? So right now we do only individual work. I mean, I would love to do group stuff. It's just, it's honestly, it's hard to compete in a region where most anger management groups are funded by the government and we are not. So I have to charge where government funded programs don't. And so if someone wants to go to a group, there are, you know, the Salvation Army runs a group, John Howard Society runs a group. Um, I believe that there are other mental health organizations that may also, you know, Niagara Region might do something, Canadian Mental Health Association might do something. So if funds are an issue, and people are struggling, they can go and they can do that. But what I will say, because it's a little shameless self promotion, but what I will say is that anger management and anger solutions are not the same thing. Because anger management is focusing on you changing your behaviors. Anger solutions is on teaching you how to problem solve. <laughs> mm. Right? It's a different... Two separate classrooms. Two
0: separate classrooms. Two separate paradigms. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is very different. I mean, we, we look at um, understanding, acknowledging, and accepting your feeling states, whatever they may be. We look at assertiveness... Communication skills, nonverbal communications. We role model stuff or role play stuff. Um, we teach people a very specific decision making tool that will help them evaluate every situation in their life, Re- whether it's good or bad or indifferent. I teach you how to evaluate everything that's happening in your life in the moment. Your so marriage. Your marriage, your, relationships, your job, your kids, friendships, your friendships, that guy that comes and picks up your garbage every week and then chucks the can into the street instead of putting it back on the curb. Everything. Dealing with your dogs. Dealing with your dogs. Dealing with the temperature in your house. All the things. It's the same decision-making model. And I'll just I'll share it with you right now if that's okay. Do we have time?
0: Yeah, and also like sh- um, shitty weather reports. That All seems to trigger people to become, you know, pissy.
1: All the things. You know, the weather. So question number one. So the model is called TSA. Think, then say, then ask. Think, say, and ask. All the heavy lifting is done when you're thinking it through. Okay, so question number one. What's happening? Oh, the weather's bad. What does that mean? Question number two. It means that I might. it's going to take me longer to get to work. I'm going to have to go out and clean off my car. Question number three. How do I feel about that? Kind of annoyed. Right? I don't want to have to take extra time out. Yeah. It's messing up my schedule. Yeah. So question number four is, what is my desired outcome? How do I want to resolve this problem? And that is your key question. Well, I can get up a little earlier and clean my car off, or I can use the auto start and make sure it's set that the defroster goes on, so I don't have to go out and scrape my windows, because by the time I get outside, my window will be defrosted. Yep, yep. Or, I could ask my husband to go out and clean the car off for me while I sit in here in a nice cozy house and eat my eggs. Right? Like, there are all these different solutions. There's all these different solutions. but, But the question is, what do I want? And what will I do to get that desired outcome? Then the next question you want to ask is, what's the best thing that can happen if I do this thing? What's the worst thing that can happen if I do this thing? Because if you think about it in terms of a job, there's a lot of talk about toxic workplaces and workplace bullying and all this kind of stuff. And people get stuck in the what's the worst thing that can happen? I could get fired. I could lose my job. If I don't have a job, I won't have money. I won't be able to pay my mortgage. I'll lose my house. We'll be homeless. We'll be bankrupt. Right? And we blow it up. But what's the best thing that can happen if you lose this job? Well, I can tell you, you won't have to work in a toxic work environment anymore. You can go and use your skills somewhere else. Maybe you can start a new business and make money and live life on your own terms, right? Like, there are lots of great things that can happen if you lose that job. It's not the end of the world. Right. It's a job. Right. It's a way you make money. <clears throat> exactly. But there are lots of ways to make money, legally, morally, and ethically. You don't have to go and rob banks. I like, that you,
0: I like that you said legally. Right? No, yeah. but I mean, there's so you lots can, of illegal to make So that, ways that you can stay out of too, jail, stay
1: out of jail, right? Again, what's your desired long-term outcome? Yeah. Right? So if your desired outcome is to work in a place that values you and respects you and treats you like a, a member of the team, instead of treating you like the pebble in their shoe, then the decision is easy. I can leave this job and I can go apply for something else or I can start that business that I've always wanted. I can ask them for a constructive dis- dismissal and take my severance package and go start my business, right? There, now I have options. Whereas before, if all I'm thinking about is what's the worst thing that can happen, it keeps me trapped in fear. And then I stay in that in that place of you're in that helplessness. Yeah, you're in that helplessness. You're in that rut. Right. And you can't get out. Right. I'm sure I don't know if you have heard of this study, but there's a famous study in psychology where they took dogs and and they would put the dogs in this little room. okay, and there was a barrier that split one side of the room from the other. And on one side of the room, the floor would get like an electrical current and it would make the dogs uncomfortable. So they would jump over the fence and go to the other side and then they'd be safe. So their anxiety over on the electrical or the electrified side was really high. But once they jumped over the fence, their anxiety would go down and they would relax. But what happens when you electrify both sides of the floor and the dog can't get away from it? Then the dog becomes extremely depressed, curls up in a corner, is lethargic. There's no way out. There's no way out. This is learned helplessness. And so when you're at work, and your boss is harassing you and your coworkers are giving you the silent treatment. And people are forgetting to send you the memo And you're not able to get your work done. And when you do get your work done, someone else takes credit for it. And all this stuff is happening. No matter what you do, you cannot be successful in that role. You fall into learned helplessness. And you feel like there's no way out. But then if you go TSA, what's happening? What does it mean? How do I feel about it? What do I want? What's my desired outcome? Right? Right. Now, what can I do to get that? What's the worst thing that can happen if I try? What's the best thing that can happen if I try? Decision is easy. Peace out, y'all. I'm giving you 10 minutes notice. I quit.
0: (laughs) Right? <clears throat> have you yourself been in a toxic Absolutely. work environment where you yes. had to say
1: toodaloo? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I write about that in the book. Yeah. Um, and I, that's exactly what I did because I got trapped in the mindset of of that dialogue or that narrative that you should be happy you have a job in this economy. You know, you're getting paid more than a lot of the other people who work here. So you should be satisfied with that. Like that kind of mindset. Right, right. And then I was just like, no, that's that's not good enough. because i'm i'm crying every day at work and i can't remember stuff and i've gained 60 pounds and now i have high blood pressure and now i have asthma and i'm pre-diabetic and it hurts when i climb the stairs to come up to the office like everything was just falling apart and i was trapped in that mindset of learned helplessness until i was like wait a minute I have this really cool model called TSA. Maybe I should apply it, right? And that's why I'm saying that even though I know this stuff, I still have to be mindful in practicing it, right? So once I went through TSA, I was like, oh, yeah, there's this little saying that I like called, you are the CEO of your own career. Nobody gets to decide how my career goes except me.
0: That's right. So... Although they think they might that under yes. that particular roof. Yeah. Under that roof, they might
1: think that yeah. they can. But the funny thing is, Dave, <clears throat> the person who was harassing me the most, when I finally confronted her, because she used to threaten to fire me all the time. So when I finally confronted her and I said, hey, are you going to fire me? Because if you are, could you give me some notice so that I can get my resume ready? She started backpedaling immediately. Oh, well, oh, yeah, there's nothing in it for me if I fire you then stop threatening me leave me alone let me go do my job yeah, right like yeah. what is this yeah. you know uh when i she actually got fired and i found <laughs> out after the yeah, yeah. karma you know let's saying about karma y'all oh, yeah. um when she left i found out that she had absolutely no power to fire me
0: she wow. didn't have the
1: authority. But she was making it like she did because then she could keep me under her thumb. Yeah, so she not was throwing okay. her weight around. Yeah. Unjustifiable. Yeah. And here I was getting sick and having all of these physical health problems and and breaking down at work. Like it was a I was a hot mess, okay? Like I'm not even gonna lie about it. The the, the girls who remember me from those days will tell you, like, I would just go into my coworker's office and just start like sobbing like a nut you know I shouldn't say that people who cry are not nuts I take it back yeah okay? don't come at me because I said that yeah
0: yeah don't don't <laughs> please, don't not seek Julie Christensen's <laughs> services because she said that
1: that's yeah. just how I refer to myself I was not referring to anybody else No, like no. That. Uh, but really I mean I was I was honestly and truly I was losing it and I, I went to my doctor and I talked to her about it on several occasions and finally I just went you know what I said to my husband I'm going home I went to Jamaica and I spent a week and I cried my eyes out. I sat in the ocean and bawled my eyes out for a week. Talked to my mom, talked to my dad, you know, wrote in my diary, did all the things. And then I came back and I quit my job. Best decision of your life, of my life. Good for you. Best decision of my life. I have never looked back from that. And so I encourage people like if you're in a toxic uh, work environment and you're struggling and you're afraid that you won't find another job, think again. Right? Start start thinking outside the box. Start asking yourself the right questions. And your brain will give you the answers.
0: You okay. shouldn't dread going to work. You should not. You should not dread going to work. And it shouldn't make your blood pressure go up. And you shouldn't be sad.
1: And you shouldn't tolerate such bullshit from people at work. But here's the thing. People are taking their own lives because of the pressure that they're facing and the harassment that they're facing at work. I just read an article last night about an addictions worker. Okay. He was working in social services where there should be more compassion, more empathy, more understanding. And his manager bullied him to the point that he took his own life. Terrible. How is this allowed to happen? How is it? How is it okay that people who are willing to torment others get to positions of power. Oh, let's not even... Maybe we shouldn't go there. Because yeah. that's a whole other discussion. It but is. How do they get to positions of power and people allow them and give them permission to treat other people like this? And it just goes unchecked. I, I, That's... If you want to get me mad, get me talking about that. Like, I'm really passionate about that because I just think, you know, people go to work so that they can earn a wage... To finance their life. The job is not the life. The job is a means to finance the life. And if the job steals all your joy, takes away your passion, and puts you in such a state of helplessness that you feel the only way out is to end your own life, there is something wrong with that system. And that needs to be fixed. And now we can't possibly solve the system, we can't fix the systems. This, the people who run the systems have to fix the system. Fix the systems. Yeah, you know,
0: but we have to look out for number one. We have
1: to look out for ourselves. <clears throat> and if that means that you cannot thrive in this system, exit the system. Right? Find another place where you're welcomed. You know, one of the things I say all the time is, if you don't feel welcomed at the table, go out and build your own. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah, you know, it's good.
1: Right? Go build your own table. Invite the people you want to sit at your table and then create an environment that they feel included and welcomed and valued at your table. Then all of a sudden, your table will be the one in demand. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Good, Good right? advice. Yeah. Um, Julie, how would people reach you? If they have questions for you or they want to get some consulting and uh, seek your awesome services, how can they reach you?
1: So if people are looking for counseling or psychotherapy services, they can find us at juliechristiansen.com. That's J-U-L-I-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-S-E-N dot com. It's a long name. I apologize. But if you want to cheat, just say Christian and then add S-E-N at the end so that's juliechristensen.com. that's how you find me uh, if you are looking for a public speaker or for executive coaching or consulting or keynote speech anything like that you'll find me at leverageu.ca that's leverage dot
0: you are an amazing breath of fresh air <laughs> thank you <coughs> so much
1: <laughs> thank you julie hope you have a doggone awesome day Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you about all this stuff.
0: I'd love to have you come back and there's so many other topics we can chat about. Would you come back one day? I will, absolutely. Right on. Okay, that's the end of our uh, live broadcast of Unleashed with uh, yours truly, myself, Dave McMahon, on 4680q.ca. The podcast will be out within 48 hours on the International podcast platforms and uh thank you thank you very much to moody's bakery for always taking great care of us and thank you so much to niagara mobile rust proofing uh mr barry blanchard thank you and uh i look forward to talking to you guys real soon hope you all have a doggone great day see you later bye